Special thanks to our promotional partners at the American Philatelic Society. The APS is the largest stamp collecting organization in the world, supporting collectors of any level worldwide. For more information about membership and APS services, visit stamps.org. I'm Charles Epting from H.R. Harmer in New York City. I'm Michael Cortese of Noble Spirit in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. And this is Conversations with Philatelists. Now, Michael, what people are seeing right now is B-roll from Great American Stamp Show in Chicago, Illinois this past weekend. You and I had a great time there. Yep. And we were able to get some great interviews as well that I'm really excited to share with people. First and foremost, Vince King, one of the greatest collectors and one of the nicest people I know in this hobby, yeah. uh, walked us through his exhibit, which is revolutionary in more ways than one. It won most popular. It's it's truly the most incredible exhibit I think I've ever seen at a stamp show for many reasons, but I'm going to let him do a lot of the explaining and, and tell right. us exactly what we're seeing. But then who are we going to be talking to? Uh, then we're talking to Ken Martin from the APS, Scott Tiffany APS, and Daniel Mallard from Mallard Stamps. One of our fellow stamp YouTubers who we had the chance to meet in person for the first time, which is very exciting. So before we turn it over to them, one right. last thing we do want to mention uh, there are slight audio issues with this episode, yeah. which we do apologize for. We had a so couple of hiccups, to, yeah. We had a couple of hiccups. We're so used to doing these things over Zoom when the computer records it for us that uh, it, it's uh, it's made our lives too easy. So um, we, we do <laughs> want to apologize for the audio. If there's anything uh, that you can't understand, leave a yeah. comment. We'll make something up. We did, uh, unfortunately, lose a couple interviews. We did, but we don't have yeah. to. We don't have to. We just focus that. on what we have. And again, let's turn it over to Vince King. Daniel Mallard, Scott Tiffany, Ken Martin. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. We're here at Vince King's exhibit with Vince King himself. Vince, first and foremost, what is the title of your exhibit? Uh, my exhibit is in the beginning, Tomboni, which is a French word for the stamp mania, and uh, it concerns the uh, mania of collecting that. Uh, came about about the liberation of postage stamps uh, starting in 1940. So your exhibit sort of has two components. You've got classic worldwide single franking covers, and then you've got ephemeral material related to the development of the hobby itself. So how did this come together? Were you collecting these covers and then worked them into a, an idea pattern? Did you have the idea that sort of tracking things down? What's sort of the genesis of this collection and exhibit? I have collected for a long time. I've generally collected specialized areas, and the specialization got too focused for me, and I lost interest in some areas. And I have become a generalist collector as I've gotten older. Um, so I began to collect uh, uh, classic early issue stamps on cover uh, from 1840 to 1860. I also started a, uh, a used worldwide stamp collection and was trying to find an album to put it in and I didn't want to buy a, a current album that was uh, 60 volumes and had 5 million stamps in it. So I, I started buying older albums uh, like 1862, uh, 1865 dated albums because there's very few stamps in them. And this sparked the interest of the early collecting and uh, that's what got all this started and I was trying to the, the thread of most, people, most people start collecting something, the world, and then specialize in something. That's right. You get the specialization out of the way, and then you start to collect the world. Well, <laughs> somewhat. I mean, as a you know, as a as a, uh, a young child, a Cub Scout boy scout, I, I, I didn't collect the world, but then you uh, you get rid of all those. And, uh, 
they'll start becoming specialized. And then I got tired of that. So, so how long did it take you to put this together? First to, to get the items, but then to actually put them on the display itself. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, the, 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 the items, uh, specifically the covers, I've probably been collecting for eight to ten years. Uh, the albums I've probably been collecting for maybe five years. And then once I came up with the uh, the idea and the thread kind of gel for this exhibit, I started focusing on the other the other items, which uh, are very difficult to find. <laughs> Before we get to the last couple of frames, which are the showstoppers, I think, very innovative. The covers themselves, there's a lot of heavy hitters. I'm looking right now, there's a bullseye. There's a Zurich, there's a Double Geneva, Missionary, Basildorf, Missionary, uh, St. Louis Bear. Do you have a favorite? And do you think there's a most important cover? Is there one that really, uh, you know, one that, again, personal favorite, and in terms of storytelling, what do you think is, what was the hardest to find? Oh my goodness. Um, Where do you want? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are a lot of wonderful, uh, there are a lot of wonderful U.S. covers available in the U.S. Uh, uh, I would say that the foreign covers are harder just because you have, you have to go to foreign sources. Um, I can't really, t I can't really tell. If you ask me what's my favorite cover, I don't know that I don't know that I have a favorite cover. Is it one that took the most work to find? One that you had in mind for a long time that you were waiting for the because the quality is well, you won't just yes. buy any basil yeah. duck That's correct. Um, in Brazil, Brazil was very difficult to find. There's very few of them in good quality. Uh, the bullseye. There's very few of them in good quality, and, they, and they're, they're tightly held by uh, a small So I was, I was very proud of that. Wow. Did you buy that at auction? I bought it at auction in Stockholm. So the first. Four or so frames are not. If somebody came to a stand, so this is what they expect to see. It's covers mounted on a page in chronological order. As we get towards the back half of the exhibit, which do you mind we head down that way? This is where it gets groundbreaking and revolutionary, in my opinion. Because the first thing that sticks out literally is this. This is the oldest surviving collection of stamps for the United States. Documented, yes. Documented. There could always be something out there in a barn or something, but um, this was a, a schoolboy who basically just pasted stamps inside one of his school books, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Forgetting the item itself, this box is brilliant. This uh, extension from the exhibit frame. How much of your own professional background led to your development of the three-dimensional frame? All of it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm an engineer by education, and uh, I, I, uh, I build things in my garage all the time. Uh, but uh, I just knew that it could be done, and uh, I built them out of uh, acrylic, and uh, figured out a way to attach it to the frame. I'm very uh, happy about that. How long did it take you to find this item in particular? Um, how long were you looking for it? Was it something you just stumbled upon? I, I wasn't looking for it, but I knew it existed, and I knew who, uh, I knew who had it, and I contacted the gentleman, and he uh, was very gracious to me, and uh, finally sold it to me. <laughs> so, as we move further, the last two frames are exclusively three-dimensional. They're 
masterpieces of engineering. Exactly. <laughs> In my opinion, they are. But can you talk to sort of you know, get this transition from again the classic single ranked covers into this is really where the Tom Romani Tom Romani takes over. This is this is where we start getting illustrated catalogs, sheet music, board games, everything. Talk about sort of how you bridge the gap from the covers themselves into this mania that swept the world in the 1850s, 60s. Well, the exhibit is uh, chronological, because that's the way we're talking about the proliferation of uh, stamps and how those stamps created this, this mania, like the theme of mania, or whatever, that's the way it worked. And uh, the, the, the popular culture writers and the, uh, the people that control the media, as it was back then, uh, they didn't get too interested in it until it reached a certain synergy or a certain you know, size. Okay. And none of that happened until about 1956 or 58. So, in the back of the, in the front end of the exhibit, you don't see many of those items. There are a few, but you don't see many of those items in there. And not until about 5960 do you see the, the media taking notice of this and all this exploded at that point. And that's why the exhibit is uh, backloaded with that, with that kind of material. So all of these pieces are incredible. They've been forever fine. One that, that, that caught my eye in particular was this one here, which is the first auction catalog to ever list stamps as, a, as an auction line. So you've, you've broken the third dimension of the stamp exhibit. Do you think this is something that could be, that we talked about time the other day, Collected Zulu War, where he has rifles and shields in addition to the Do you think this is something that could become more pervasive in philatelic exhibiting? Do you think sure. this could I be? Mean, sure. I think, uh, I think a lot of people uh, want to do it. I think uh, it, you have to be somewhat creative and able to work with your hands uh, to build these uh, acrylic boxes. And I don't mind sending anyone uh, the generic plans and how to build them, but you can build them in the size shape you want to. And uh, I think people that want to do it can. I don't think there's enough demand for it for someone to go in the business to make it. But if you... That could be a side business for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I do think that uh, the people that, are, that, are, that have the desire to do it will. It's something that excited everybody. I remember getting here. I I have not walked past here without there being at least two or three people. I, I, this is the quietest I've seen. Unfortunately, we can film. Right. But but this is really seems to have taken the show. Everyone told me you've got to go see Vince. That was the, the buzz in the first couple of days. When I came in, he said, I, I asked him where it was. He said it's the one with the line. <laughs> well, I, I was concerned. I was really concerned about the judges and how they would accept And you know, they were. I think whether or not see it, it, it complicates their mission. But uh, I'm worried to see them for the, uh, the people that come to the show. So, uh, and this one most popular thing, right? That's right. What's next? Where are you taking this? Next? That was my question. So, if people watch this and they want to see this in person. What, what do you have in store for this? Well, I am taking it to Sarasota, hopefully, in January. Uh, I will take it to other shows. I, I did I did receive uh, good feedback from the judges uh, in areas that uh, I think I can uh, improve upon. 
Vince, thank you so much for taking the time. And, and congratulations on the most magnificent exhibit I've ever seen. Honestly, thank you. Thank you. So we shut down when COVID hit uh, back a couple, of months, a couple of years ago now. Shut down for about two months. And then for about an eight-month period after that, we were down for just uh, staff only and restricted staff. So we only have, in the library, we have four full-time employees. Uh, we were down to two, was, uh, the reference librarian and myself. Uh, but if we could work remotely, we work remotely. Um, which, which had its own challenges, because we had a backlog, that two-month backlog of material that we had to get through. Uh, but now we're open again. We sort of slowly went through stages. We're back to normal. And, and, and looking forward to the next year from the library, anything uh, people can expect and what we look forward to? Well, other really, than the great service that we always come to expect. <laughs> we're really excited about uh, the digital library. It's sort of the, the project that Scott English has sort of uh, given me in the next 12 to 18 months. We have a backlog of materials. If you're not familiar with the digital library, it's a catalog of digital resources and protection. Search, and we have nine journals in there now. But when COVID hit, it took time to sort of reach out to organizations and clubs. And I've heard back from 48 now. I got another sort of okay. yesterday. So I have 48 journals that are ready to go uh, in one form or other. Either they're still in paper for me, or digital form, or they're combination of both. So we have to work out those logistics. But uh, we're really excited in the next 12 to 18 months to get all, if not most of them, into the digital library. I've also heard back from some publishers and authors. So we have about 10 books now that are going to go in as well, as well as some uh, government documents. So we have the U.S. Postal Guides and the report for the Postmaster General here in the U.S. And that's accessible to all You have to be an APS member. Right now we have the database open with COVID if we decided to open it up to anyone. That's sort of a hate or something that you can with your membership. To sort of membership in the, in the society, but uh, eventually we're going to turn it back to just a bit. Scott, thank you so much. Can't wait to see you, Dolphin. My pleasure. Great to do that. since 1996, every APS show, and a few earlier than that. So you've got some experience. You've yes. got a leg up on most people here. Yeah. How has Chicago been for you so it's, it's been a nice show. I mean, I do believe that the COVID-19 has affected the attendance and the number of booths. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are just delighted to be at a stamp show. They haven't been at any for 
at least a year and a half, maybe closer to two years. They seem to, and even though the numbers might not be where they were, the right. hunger and, and many of them have build up funds, I think, or whatever, or... We talked to a couple of dealers who had their best single day ever. Right. I mean, so even though the tenants may not be what we would normally expect for a Chicago show, they have come with money, and if we're willing to spend that, um, so I think those dealers are very happy, and I think those dealers had a good time, and we had just about as many seminars. I think we have almost 35 societies with booths, and some additional ones meeting, so, and multiple first day ceremonies. You know, there have been the challenges of the people that may have to get here from outside the U.S. and, and other things, but I think we've overcome as best as possible most of those, and I think for most people it's been a, a great event. We've actually seen a surge, um, and the surge seems to have slightly uh, dropped off back to more normal. But you're um, one of the divisions that can do things remotely online. Right, you yeah, it's, it's basically done remotely through the mail, and people who couldn't get out, couldn't be at shows, meeting with others. Uh, some people said, I've you know, gone through material I've had 20 years. Uh, it's like, I'm not really sure whether this is good or I think it needs a certificate. So they've gone through some of that. So I think it was last year in August we had one of our strongest months in 20 or 30 years. I mean, we're just swamped with, with items. So uh, overall, it's been uh, fine for exercise. And looking forward to you know, uh, next year, you know, what are you excited about? What's well, what you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we're completely past COVID-19. Um, but what, you know, who knows? And I'm hoping that we can be more in the 140 to 150 dealers. Um, Sacramento, we've been there twice, 2004 and 11 as well, I think it was. Both of them have been, okay. of them have been very strong shows. Um, Sacramento has one of the strongest APS chapters, the Sacramento uh, Stamp Club or Sacramento Philatelic Society. And one of our shows, they briefly surpassed 300 members. I mean, and Sacramento's not New York City either. Not Los Angeles. Um, so it, it and a club in Florida tend to be among our two largest chapters. Sacramento Philatelic Society meets typically 48 to 50 weeks a year, every week of the year, except for, I think, they meet on Wednesdays, if I remember, so they take off the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and depending how Christmas and New Year's fall. So it could be as many as 51 weeks. It's a very active club. Um, at one point, I think we had four or five different APS um, dealer members in Sacramento. It's relatively near San Francisco, um, yet a little bit less expensive. So um, it's been a good venue for us in the past. So I'm hoping we get things back to more normal. Um, we won't be able to take many more exhibits. I mean, I have over 800 frames here. Um, maybe a little bit more than that, and really we can't take that many more meetings or seminars, but we can get more dealers and booths and, and more people attending, and maybe more people for the youth area. I think some people, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to bring out my eight-year-old kid at this point in time for the youth area. So there are areas that are still feeling some Fantastic. Okay, thank you so much. Enjoy the welcome. show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Good to see you all. Yeah, take care.
All right, Malin, we're here at your first stamp show, not just your first APS show, but your first stamp show in general. What are your first impressions? What, what can you tell us? You were running around yesterday, getting to meet yeah. everyone. What, walk us through what this is like for you. Yeah, so I have never been to any sort of show before, period, right? So I walked into this room, there's all these, I knew there were booths, I did some research on it, but I didn't know just the amount of stamps and booths and people. Um, I had no idea that like this would be the norm. Right? Yeah, the Which, plexiglass. It yeah. kind of blows your mind a little bit, but then it also gives you hours and hours of just enjoyment looking at like valuable stamps and stamps sure. that like need to fill your collection and um, all those things. And the people here are awesome. The people here are so nice. Uh, not only when you talk to them, do like I kind of talk about my YouTube channel stuff, but then they like also kind of tell me about themselves, which I would say is pretty unique. I'm pretty special. I think the stamp community, community is so loving and caring of each other. I think I've seen that here even more than I knew before. So. Walk us through your own personal journey up to the YouTube channel. How did you get started? Boy. What are your interests? And then, and then again, sort of culminating in, in YouTube. Okay, so um, I'll just start from when I started collecting stamps. Um, we don't have to go all the way back. Um, so my granddad actually passed away when I was in eighth grade. Passed okay. down his stamp collection to me. And I got a hold of them, and I started going through them. Of course, I go on websites and eBay, and it's like, oh, this stamp's worth ten thousand dollars. It's not, right? Um, but I, I got that bug, where like really excited about stamp collecting and really wanted to get into it. Um, and then I also got my dad's stamp collection, kind of combined them, little things here and there. Um, kind of put it to the side until after um, high school, and then actually my senior year in college, I got the bug again. I don't know what did it. That was around the same time I really got. It was like when I was a senior in college. Yeah. It was huge for me. I don't know. Yeah. I was sitting on eBay buying stuff. I was doing, I I was doing the same. I was doing, probably from Noble Spirit. And I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so, yeah, so I started collecting stamps. And from that point on, I've just been collecting. Um, of course, it's kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. But since I started the YouTube channel, um, it's definitely picked up drastically. Um, so after college, um, I moved up here. I work for a soccer organization. Um, and on, in my spare time, I'd go to antique stores, flea markets, X, Y, and Z. Uh, try to pick up stamps. Try to find stamps. And then um, last summer in July, my friend was doing a fitness YouTube channel, and she was doing pretty well. And then I bet her, probably like Chipotle, that I could get more subscribers than that's her. A good, that's a good bet. That's a great and, bet. That's a great bet. And she said, she said, "What are you gonna do it on?" And like I was like, "What can I do?" And I was like, "I'll just do it on stamps because I think." There's a lot of stamp details that yeah. normal yep. people like me when I was growing up didn't know. Like purfs, what the heck are purfs? Like we know what purfs are, but kids have no idea what they are. So I wanted to make a channel where all that, all that kind of those details were in one place, like finding watermarks. What do you do? How do you use them? Um, and then um, I started doing that, and people liked it. And then I started doing grab bag exchanges where um, subscribers send me a grab bag stamps they send me a note in the grab bag saying hey love your channel um, these are the stamps that are included could you maybe help me fill some of my holes in my collection I try to do the best I can to send them back um, and so I've gotten a huge young following doing that kids love it they love it um, and yeah I mean it's been growing ever since I have huge bins of stamps I got from a stamp dealer probably three years ago 10 gallon bins of stamps and I mean they were probably put in there in like the 70s or 80s so everything is like super old um, and I do videos where I go through those um, and I discover stamps and right now I'm in the hoarding phase I sure. guess you could, yeah. you could say it never yeah. ends yeah so I have stock books of like countries and I just start filing them away you know going through them and I love it 
who won the Chipotle? I did. I smacked her. <laughs> she like she. I think she's sitting at like. I could go look right now. I think she's she's sitting at like one sixty. Yeah, and I I actually made her be the person to, to like because like, she's probably like an eighty nine. I made her subscribe to be the ninetieth to win. So. <laughs> so couple more hours here at the show today. What are you looking for? What, you know, uh, you're talking about maybe your eyes on a couple of things. So uh, what else do you hope to accomplish at your first yeah. damn show? So yesterday was a lot of kind of networking and just meeting people. Um, and just, I wanted to go around the booths and talk to them about their most interesting stamp, um, see the history behind it, because I'm a big history guy, um, which I think also helps in the fact, collecting stamps, they're all little pieces of history. Um, so I think that's another reason why I was drawn to it. Um, so today I'm probably going to walk around. Um, there's a few stamps I have my eyes on. Not the 118 inverted one, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. So you said you started to get back into it senior year of college pretty heavily. You're um, 27 now. So why now? What brought you to your first stamp show this year? Um, so once Was I started... The, the channel or...? Kind of. So yeah. like... I have a stamp mentor. I call him my stamp dealer. Okay. He lives in Glen Ellen. He always talks about stamp shows. He loves them. He comes here. He, he always. He's probably been here. I haven't texted him, which is dumb. Um, <laughs> but he might even. Yeah. He, he probably has been here, kind of poking around. But um, I heard about him, and then I started doing the channel. I started meeting guys like you, um, and then I've actually like yesterday I would be talking to a dealer, and then the person beside me like, oh, you're Mallard, and it's like someone who watches the stuff, and like that's been really fun to do, and. I plan on coming to as many stamp shows as I can in the future. Um, the thing that brought me here was definitely like Proximity. meeting people I know, and it's close, yeah. right? I live in Chicago. It's in Chicago. I'd be missing out if I didn't come. Yeah. I knew that. So, do you see yourself going to more shows in the future if time and family and yeah, everything yeah. allows for it? So, yes. Yeah, so, I do plan on going to more shows. Me and my wife are about to have a kid in December, so just a heads up on the channel. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, like post kid. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to continue to just kind of grind on YouTube. I love it. I love helping people out. I've built relationships on YouTube yeah. just by messaging people and talking to them. Um, I have some friends on, like, they're my friends. I yeah. consider them my friends. So it's been We found to, the same thing with, yeah, yes. commenters. It's, it's crazy that... Yeah, they and I hope that they feel like I'm their friend too, you know? Yeah. And like I said, meeting some of those people here was so special to me. Yeah. You know? It made me feel like... Not like good about myself, but like, man, this this is an awesome community. Like the stamp yeah. community. I, like I drive that on my channels. Like we are a community that just takes care of each other and tries to help each other and to like learn because I don't know everything. People know a lot more than me, and I want them talking and them in the comment section sharing. So, yeah. What has been the most exciting thing you've learned since you started the channel? Um. So, exciting thing. I. I, I mean, I've learned more about how to do videos. Yeah. Um, originally, I had the camera the wrong way. I didn't know that. Like all these little details about doing videos, and you guys know my videos are super simple. You know. Um, but, but that's all you need. You go. Yeah, you, yeah. There's no people, it's straight. That's it. what I love about. I guess that would be the most interesting thing is I don't have to do a ton for people to like appreciate. Yes. You yeah. know, like a stamp can speak for itself. Yeah. And like the excitement of like searching through stamps and seeing what you can find like speaks for itself. I don't have to do a ton because I think this, like I said, the stamps do the talking for me. Yeah. So I, yeah, thanks for helping me get there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll put we'll put a link obviously, but where can people find you? Mallard stamps on on YouTube. Yeah, Mallard stamps on YouTube. That's all I got right now. Um, I do have an email, uh, mallardstamps at gmail.com. If you want to send me questions, I get 
pictures of stamps are like, is this worth anything? Most of the time it's like, of course not. But <laughs> I do it in a much nicer way than that. Sure. You know, so, um, but yeah, that's all I have right now. Um, I still, of course, work full time a different job. That's kind of what I do for fun, yeah. um, my hobby, but I love it. So I can, I will plan on still doing it in the future um, and meeting new people and building relationships and stuff like that. Great. Awesome. Great to have met you. Enjoy the rest of the show and uh, yeah, three of us will keep in touch. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Good. Sounds good. Thanks. Michael, I really enjoyed our time in Chicago. I do want to thank really quick uh, Corey, who was our uh, camera person. Yes. Allison and uh, and Kelly, your wife, who the, the five of us, I think, made a great little uh, unit at the show. And I yeah. really enjoyed that. And, and Westpex as well. We had that great little team yeah. of uh, yourself, Kelly, Corey, myself, and Allison. So huge shout out to all of them. Huge shout out to Vince, Scott, Ken, and Mallard for joining us in these interviews. Yeah. Uh, for, for people who don't know, they can find us on YouTube, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, flatlypodcast.com, flatlypodcast at gmail.com if they want to reach out to us. Find us on Twitter. Shoot us an email. Michael, I'm really excited for the next show. I, uh, I can't yeah, wait to do this. We're going to be doing a lot more of these in-person shows. I mean, you're coming up to Boxborough for a day. We both have, we've you got we've both got booths at Nojex. You're coming down to Ballpex, but you don't know it yet. I don't know it yet, but yeah, well, I'll be there. I'll see, I'll see you at Ballpex too. But uh, no, this is going to be a, a fun back half of the year. You and me running around. Maybe we'll even go back to Chicago for Chicago Pex. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Michael, until next time, it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah, see you then.